Hi, I'm Nancy Dufresne. Welcome to our podcast channel. We know you'll be blessed by today's message. We're going to do uh, a couple things tonight. I'm going to teach for a short time. Then we're going to do something else after that. Um, but turn with me, if you would, in your Bibles. Let's go to, let me see where I want to go to first. <clears throat> let's, go, let's go ahead and go to Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews chapter 12. Uh, we, on Sunday morning, we're talking about knowing the will of God for your life, uh, that God has a plan for your life. Yes. And I'm still impressed to keep along that direction. Amen. And when he impresses us in a particular direction, it's because someone's praying. Wow. They're praying for answers. They're praying for help. They're praying for knowledge of things. Amen. And then also God's wanting to rescue people. Yes. Amen. Amen. Yes. That you can't just go any old direction and end up at God's best. Right. Yes. That's right. That's right. <laughs> and uh, when we read after Jesus, and I want to quote some of the things with Jesus and Paul, when we look at their lives, we see them emphasize something. And uh, if they emphasize something, it would behoove us, us to emphasize it too, right? And I want us to read in Hebrews chapter 12, starting with verse 1. And I'm going to read out of the Amplified. Um, Dad Hagen, on several occasions, when Jesus would appear to him, he would say to him, uh, be faithful for time is short. Remember, time is short. Be faithful. Well, what's he want you to be faithful to? Well, to his plan for your life. Be faithful to the word. Be faithful to his plan for your life. So Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 1. Therefore, since we are surrounded, we are surrounded. We are surrounded. By who? By so great a cloud of witnesses. Those loved ones of yours, they're interested in what you're doing on this earth. Amen. They're interested in how you're spending your life on this yeah. earth. We're surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses. Let us strip off and throw aside every encumbrance. Now that's something we're to do. An unnecessary weight and that sin which so readily, deftly and cleverly clings to and entangles us. So we don't have to be entangled. <laughs> Let's strip it off. And let us run with patient endurance and steady and active persistence the appointed course of the race. It doesn't just say, let us run. Let us run what's appointed, what's appointed or assigned or what you're graced for. Let us run the appointed course of the race that is set before us. It should be first and foremost in our minds what we're on this planet to accomplish. <laughs> Amen. Amen. You say, well, we're on here to, uh, to get born again, love God. Well, that's true. But it, if that was all that at the new birth, he'd just have received us up to heaven and yeah. he left us here. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. After you got born again, did you notice you're still here? Yes. Why? It's for a purpose. You're here for a purpose. And it's not to work a job from nine to five and get your house mortgage paid. Thank God, though, there's provision for those things. But your purpose is bigger than a house, bigger than a business, bigger than a car. It's a heaven born plan. You have to want it. You have to be interested. Because so many just float through life contented to ramble through this world and suck on air and spend money and buy this and gather that. And God wants you to have everything you want to enjoy. But it's not because we're rambling. It's because we're purposeful. Yeah. Amen. 
we're not living on autopilot and just floating through life and letting our life be filled and carried about with just everything that shows up. (laughs) We're designing the life we live based on his plan. And every day we get up and we design what the day's going to, the day will look like based on what he's, uh, what we're born for. Amen. Amen. We are empowered for more than an existence. We're for a purpose, a cause. Amen. We are to take our place in a divinely ordained plan. And this scripture calls it our race. It's our race. You can also call your race the will of God for your life. Amen. Amen. I love what one minister said. He said, before I set my hand to take on a task in my life or to take on a project, I ask myself, is this going to help me in my race? Is this going to assist me in running my race? Because so much we, what we could take to our lives and put our hand on will hinder us. Or slow us down or become a weight. So make decisions based on your race. Make choices based on your race. What race are you running? Amen. Amen. And know this. Jesus was interested in the race he was running. And he's the one we measure ourselves to. Not, not to the fellow next door. And until we come up to his standard, we got more to go. Amen. So it's up to us to discover what this race holds. It's up to us. God has already authored a plan. He's authored his will for us. And it's up to us to be interested enough to discover what that is. Amen. And we discover it through feeding on the word and seeking him. Amen. Amen. Jesus emphasized it. Jesus, uh, he was here for a purpose and he was so interested in fulfilling that. Luke chapter two, go with me if you would. Luke chapter two and verse 49. You know, sometimes different people mature at different rates. I understand that. But no matter how old you are, if it's just now dawning on you that you have a purpose, (laughs) even so, whatever age you are, say, God, I'm interested in it. I'm interested in it. Now think about it. Some people practice disinterest. They practice it. They, they, they can come to church and be there, but not really interested. Right. You're practicing disinterest. Yeah. And there's going to be a time you're going to want God interested oh, yes. in what you're yes. facing. Yes. And you're going to have to be practiced at interesting, yes. at being Amen. interested. Amen. Right? Amen. Think about it. You've heard us talk about um, one minister that did an overseas crusade. And there were uh, um, 120 or so ministers there. And as the minister was, as they were doing praise and worship, Jesus stood before the minister. And these 120 pastors brought and invited their own congregation members to be a part of this crusade. Mm -hmm. And they themselves were present. And Jesus stood in front of each of these ministry couples and introduced them to the guest minister. Isn't that interesting? He said, this is such and such, gave their name, gave their church, gave their city where they're from, and then followed up every introduction with this. They're not interested. And then went to the next couple, gave their name, their, their church name, their city they were from, and said, and they're not interested. And then he kept moving down the line. And this minister that was invited there to preach said, of all the 120 ministry couples there, there were only three that Jesus said they're interested. And he said, now I have something more for them. 
Notice those who are interested get something more. They get something more. No, now notice just being present, Jesus didn't call that being interested. They even invited their congregations to come. Jesus didn't call that being interested. What's he called being interested? Paul, I press toward the mark. I press toward the mark. I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. It means what are are your insides doing? (laughs) That's your interest. That's where your interest has to stem from. It's not an emotional thing. It's not a physical thing. But on the inside of you, you're reaching and you're reaching and you're interested and you're, you're seeking and you're knocking and you're asking. <laughs> Amen. Amen. And notice in Luke chapter 2, verse 49, the Amplified, of course, they came to Jerusalem, Jesus and his family, because they would they would go there um, to do what they did. And <laughs> verse 49, that, but they're traveling back home, whether it's for Passover week, I don't remember. You'll be OK with that. But they're traveling back home and they realize in their route back home, Jesus isn't with them. They're asking among the relatives, you know. <laughs> Where's my son? (laughs) Well, (laughs) verse 49. So they're looking and it takes them three days before they find him. Boy, we're going to have us a ripping going on here (laughs) after three days. They find him in the temple. And it says that he is asking questions and answering questions. And he's 12. He's 12, yeah. Verse 49. So, you know, Mary comes up and says, why have you done this? Why have you dealt with us like this? It's like, she's nicer than me. (laughs) And he said to her, how is it that you had to look for me? Did you not see and know that it is necessary as a duty for me to be in my father's house and occupied about my father's business. At 12 years old, he knows he's got business. He's got a business to carry out. At 12, I'm 59. I'm not gonna tell how old you are, but we know how old you are. No matter how old you are, we have to be able to say, I know I've got business to conduct here. My father's business. Notice, he said, now the King James says, did you not know that I would be in my, I must be in my father's house. The new King James, did you not know I must be about my father's business? I must. There's a compelling on the inside. I must, I must, I must. We've got to get up every day with the must. Uh, pressing us. I must. (laughs) And notice this at 12, he realizes Joseph's not my daddy. He said, don't you know, I must be about my father's business. He knows he's already learning about God's plan. And he knows God is his father and he is God's son. And he's learned that by the time he's 12. No wonder they were amazed at him in that temple as they sat and discussed things at this 12 year old. Because on the inside of him, what he began to grab was the plan of God and it had to be carried out. It's not optional. There was everything resting upon his obedience. We have no idea what is connected to our obedience in other people's lives. We have no idea. But I am so grateful. I am so grateful for a man named Kenneth Hagin who spent 16 months asking, knocking, seeking through the scriptures and what he what was revealed to him on that deathbed has altered forever the church amen amen and this generation it it ushered in what he because he was he realized there's something more than me <laughs> There's a plan here. And when he got up off of that deathbed, he spent the rest of his life fulfilling it. And every one of us in this room are affected by one man's obedience. 
Well, Paul, uh, over 2000 years ago, we're still being blessed by his obedience. If one man, Paul, obeys God fully and we're still being blessed by it. Just yeah. think if every person in the body of Christ fulfilled, every person, yeah. think what that would do to the planet. Yeah. That's right. If every person yeah. obeyed. Yeah. Amen. Think of it. Yeah. This means we have a holy obligation yes. to one another, to God, yes. to his plan, to his business. Amen. At 12 years old, Jesus is already setting himself. I'm here for my father's business. And he was there learning. Notice where he went to learn to church. If the son of God needed to go to church to learn what he was born for and to be enabled to fulfill it, we all need that. We can't fulfill it alone. John chapter four, verse 34, the Amplified Jesus, John chapter four, verse 34, Jesus said, my meat, my nourishment is to do the will, the pleasure of him who sent me and to accomplish and completely finish, completely finish, not skim along the top, completely finish, not just hit and miss, completely finish his work. Notice he said, my food, the thing that nourishes me, the thing that sustains me is doing what I'm born for, accomplishing what I'm born for. Uh, The enemy tried every day of Jesus's earthly ministry. The enemy tried to get rid of Jesus. But being in the will of God, fulfilling what God assigned and authored for him to do, he became untouchable. The devil could not get rid of him. The devil is so frightened of the plan of God around your life. He will do anything he can to get rid of you. But when you're in the middle of the plan, he can't touch you. That's the safe place is fulfilling his will. That's your safe place. Amen. John chapter 17 and verse four. This is the amplified. Jesus said, talking to God, he's, this chapter is a chapter of a a record of a prayer that Jesus prayed. And in John chapter 17, verse four, the amplified, Jesus said, I have glorified you down here. Isn't that something? I have glorified you down here on the earth. How did he glorify him? This is how, by completing the work. Mm -hmm. By completing the work you gave me to do. He's glorified in our obedience. We can say, I glorify you, I glorify you, but without obedience, that glorification of our father is not complete. Amen. He's glorified as we obey him. Amen. Now, those are passages where Jesus basically said, the thing that I'm here for is what my father assigned to me. I'm, I'm here to carry that out. He had to find that out. He had to find it out. Uh, there was a precious woman. Um, many of you would know of her. She was known for her prayer life. She said, um, she's in heaven right now, but she was a contemporary of Dad Hagen's. And she said she had a vision and she saw Jesus going through, reading passages like he was as a lamb brought before the slaughter and all these passages in Isaiah. And Jesus said, Father, who is this talking about? And God said, that's you. Uh, Jesus had to find himself in the word to know the plan. Amen. As you feed on the word, 
you find who you are and what you're born for. He reveals it to you. And then she said, then I saw the next vision I saw of him. She said it was his last day as a carpenter. I thought, what an interesting thing to see. And that he was cleaning his tools and putting them away. And he was caring for his tools with the recognition, this is the last time I touch them. And that had to be a day to realize I'm stepping into what I was born for. For 30 years, he did what he wasn't born for while God prepared him for what he was born for. Love the preparation. Love the preparation. Value. Don't cheat the preparation time because he's preparing you for what you're born for. Amen. Amen. So we see these passages. What was Jesus emphasizing? The plan of God for his life. Then Paul also taught on the subject. Acts chapter 20, and we won't read the whole passage for time's sake, but verse 24, Acts chapter 20 and verse 24. And the New Living Testament says this. The King James says, verse 24, but none of these things move me. Neither count I my life dear unto myself, so that I might finish my course with joy. It matters how you run and it matters how you finish. Listen, his will is a joy. It's not a hardship. Don't you ever let the devil sell you on the lie that if you exchange what God wants for what you want in life, that you're going to come up cheated. I guarantee you, you will cheat yourself uh, substituting your plan for his because his has joy. He said that I might finish my course with joy in the ministry which I have received of the Lord Jesus. The New Living Translation says, my life is is worth nothing unless I use it for finishing the work assigned me by the Lord Jesus. Listen, my life is worth nothing unless I use it for finishing the work assigned me by the Lord Jesus. Well, in 2 Timothy in verses 4 through 6, and Paul again wrote and said, For I am now ready to be offered, and the time of my departure is at hand. I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. Notice that. He did it. He knew that he did it. Listen, you know when you're not in the will of God. You know. When you're hanging out with who you're not supposed to be hanging out with. When you're going places you shouldn't be. When you're doing what you shouldn't do and you're seeing what you shouldn't see. He knew when he finished. And he said, I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. One time Paul had been on the wrong course. You might have been on the wrong course. You might be on the wrong course today in some way, but you can get on the right course. Paul got on the right one. (laughs) And he ended up finishing. That's right. Amen. So he said, I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. He only finished his course because he fought a good fight. You don't just end up at the finish of your course floating. You do it fighting. We can't finish our course unless we fight a good fight. (laughs) That means skillful in the fight. What is that? That's the fight of faith, right? It says he kept the faith. His faith was strong to the end. He didn't let go of his faith somewhere along the course. Your faith should get stronger every day. Stronger every day. Now let's go to another passage where Paul talked about the will of God. 1 Corinthians chapter 9. In verse 24... This is the New Living Translation. 
1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 24. This is Paul again talking about his race. Don't you realize that in a race everyone runs, but only one person gets the prize? So run to win. Don't run to come in last. Run to win. He says, all athletes are disciplined in their training. Ah, if you're going to win, you've got to discipline. Discipline has to be put in place. They do it to win a prize that will fade away, but we do it for an eternal prize. Listen to this next phrase. So I run with purpose in every step. I run with purpose in every step. He's not vague. He's not wandering. He's very purposeful. I'm not just shadow boxing. I discipline my body like an athlete, training it to do what it should. Otherwise, I fear that after preaching to others, I myself might be disqualified. So what's he talking about? He's talking about the primary thing that can keep him from running his race. And that is letting his body take the lead. If his body, if his, if, if his body takes the lead, his body takes his life off course. So he's, what's he doing? He's saying, I don't let it take the lead. What's going to take the lead? His spirit. He's going to take the lead. The King James said that he said, I keep my body under. I keep my body under. So Paul lived his life with focus. He wasn't random in his steps. He wasn't just mindless, getting up and just clocking a day in. He had a purpose. He had a plan. He knew what that was. He disciplined his body so that his body would not cheat him out of God's best. He didn't sell off his future to his flesh. Paul never referred to the devil in these passages. He referred to his flesh. <laughs> when the flesh is held in check, the devil's got nothing to work through. When the mind is held in check, the devil's got nothing to work through. Let's not allow our flesh to rob us of our glorious future. Amen. Rob us of finishing the race that God authored for us. I was watching Pat, um, Brother Tony did an interview with Patsy Caminetti, and I, it was so precious. She said, we just celebrated my dad's 87th birthday with him. I don't know if you saw that interview. And said, at his birthday, he prayed a prayer, and he again consecrated himself at 87 to the plan of God. I don't care who you are. You've got to live, your, live consecrating yourself to the will of God, the plan of God. Why? Because at 87, he realized there's still room for me to run. And it takes a lifetime to run it. It takes a lifetime to run it. Amen. Dad Hagen told and Pat Harrison shared this with us. He said, every year I lay out what I'm doing before the Lord. Am I doing what I should? Am I doing what I shouldn't? Is there something I'm leaving undone? Is there something I'm doing too much of? Something I'm doing too little of? He says, I lay it all out. What was that? He's running with purpose in every step. He's not just because, he doesn't just say, well, because I'm in the ministry, I'm in the will of God. There's a, there's a way to run it. Amen. Be sober. Now, I read this Sunday. I want, to, I want you to read with me again Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 10. The Amplified. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10. We read passages there that showed that Jesus was focused on his race. Paul was focused on his race. If they were, let's follow their example. Yes, yes. Let's make sure we know what we're to be running. <laughs> And we're running it skillfully. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10, the Amplified. For we are God's own handiwork, His workmanship, recreated in Christ Jesus, born anew. That is the handiwork. We are made new creatures in Christ. That's His handiwork. Born anew, look at this, that we may do. That we may do. 
There's a purpose that we may do those good works which God predestined or planned beforehand for us. Taking paths which he prepared ahead of time that we should walk in them. He prepared them, but we have to walk in them. He prepared them. We have to walk in them. That we should walk in them, living the good life which he prearranged and made ready for us to live. The only life he planned for us was the good life. If your life isn't good, something's veering off the plan. But it says this taking paths, which he prepared. It's up to us to take them. What he planned will not come to pass automatically. We have to take the path he plans. We have to, have to take the path, take them, take them. That means you have to be interested. Part of taking the paths God prepared for us is praying. That's part of taking. It's not just walking, it's praying. Why? Because as we pray, we see what the path is that we're to take. As we pray, those paths become clear to us. Without praying, we won't see clearly. And we'll just take whatever seems to be the loudest or the most obvious. I want to say, read this because this is so huge, what Dad Hagen said. Something doesn't just happen because it's God's will. You have to learn His ways. Intercession and soul travail are ways God uses to give birth to His will. What's that mean? You've got to spend some time. It's going to take time for us to talk to him, not to earn something, but position ourselves to hear and to see accurately and to pray things out. Amen. That's part of taking. I said, that's part of taking part of taking. So we look at some of these things that we're told. What do we have to do? Well, we have to be a student of the word. We have to be a doer to know his plan. We have to be a doer. We have to feed on the word, be a student of the word, be a doer of the word. We have to renew our minds so that we can discern what is the good, acceptable and perfect will of God. We have to pray because he that speaks in an unknown tongue speaks not unto men, but unto God. How beat in the spirit, he speaks mysteries. What's a mystery about your life becomes clear as you take time to fellowship with him and take time to pray it out in other tongues. I was on the verge of missing the will of God. Right before I met and married my husband, I was engaged. In fact, it had been printed in the papers that I had married. I was Miss Oklahoma at the time. Miss Oklahoma needs to be Miss Oklahoma, <laughs> not Mrs. But I had gotten my marriage license, gotten the blood test, was on the way to the preacher to get married and had a divine fight with the person I was engaged to so close to missing the will of God for my life. So close. I look back and it makes me nervous. God never was nervous, but it makes me nervous when I look back and see how close I came to missing it and the mercy of God, the mercy of God, the mercy of God. Why? Because on the inside, I was really hungry for what he wanted. If you're not hungry for it, you'll blow right past his mercies. If you're not hungry for it, the mercies are still there and you'll blow right past them and not even accept them, not even acknowledge them. And so I got out of that relationship and I locked myself up and prayed for three weeks, really solid. I started with four hours a day. I was, by the end of that, I was clocking, by the end of the week, 10, 12 hours a day. And then it was just all one big pray fest. So much so that when I would come out, I couldn't get back over into English and I'd never heard of that. 
but I was praying so long in tongues and with my heart engaged that I, it was difficult to get back over into English. That's a good place to be. <laughs> and at the end of three weeks, I went to a meeting and met a man by the name of Ed Dufresne. If I had not taken the time to pray in tongues, pray out the plan of God, I wouldn't be standing here tonight. And that, when you realize that it's up to us to take the paths. Praying in the Holy Ghost is part of taking the path that he has authored for us because as Dad Hagen says, that's the way, that's one of the ways he has authored that we can move into his will as we have to pray these things out. Yes. Amen. Amen. So I, I, I encourage you and I, because God's had me on this for two services, we can't move forward in the fullness of the era being one foot on the plan and one foot in our plan. We've got to be full footed right in the middle of what he's authored for us so we can be accelerated in this hour. Amen. All of us, you have no idea what your life is to affect. You have no idea what your life is to affect. I mean, the word says that, <clears throat> that had the devil known, demons known, if had darkness known the plan of God, they never would have crucified the Lord of glory. We sat at Dad Hagen's memorial service at his funeral, rather, and with other preachers, and we looked around and saw the place packed with really the, world, the world's spiritual leaders of that time said, we'll never see another gathering like this in the earth. Of these, these level caliber preachers that came all under one roof. And we sat and said to each other, had the devil known, he would never put this 15 year old boy on his deathbed. Had he known the outcome of this man's obedience. You have no idea the effect your life of obedience will have. But I guarantee you, God makes no small plan. And the plan he has for your life is great. You understand that? And it's yours for the choosing. It's yours for the taking. Amen. No one can take it for you. I said, mama can't take it for you. Daddy can't take it for you. The pastor can't take it for you. You're the only taker for the plan of your life. Because you're the only one it fits. Amen. And God's not sharing plans. This isn't share a share a ride. Park your vehicle and ride with someone else. No, you're driving your own. You're driving your own race. Amen. Desire it. If a 12 year old can realize there's a plan to be had, every single one of us need to get sober about the plan for our lives. We need to get sober about it and what that means to this era and what that means to the body of Christ. Amen. Well, praise the Lord. Now to part number two, um, <clears throat> turn with me if you would, and I'm not going to take, I'm not going to do another teaching. I just want to say some things before we do something here. James chapter five, James chapter five. I kept having this, I was reminded of this the past couple of days of Dad Hagen telling about a pastor and this pastor, uh, if I remember correctly, pastored about 35 years. He was, uh, when Dad, he was a, a leading pastor when Dad Hagen was a young man. And this pastor had said, in my 35 years of pastoring, and Dad Hagen said he had a wonderful church. And he said, in my 35 years of pastoring, no one in my church died except those who had lived out their life. No one in 35 years. He said, because we took 
he would take a certain amount of weeks every year and teach on healing. That was a sign to healing. He would, he had a plan of how he would feed the sheep. Every, and every year he would repeat that plan to make sure that they were fortified. And he said, but it wasn't just my teaching. He said, when someone in our congregation would get sick, he said, the Holy Ghost would alert the family. And he said, I would come into the church and sometimes there would be several congregation members there praying and the Holy Ghost had just drawn them to come and pray and they left the church doors open and they would just gather and pray at the leading of the Holy Ghost and come to find out there was somebody that was sick and they were all there. They had that person on their heart and they said, we would pray till they were healed. Now you understand whoever is sick would also have to cooperate. Their faith would have to take it. Now here in James chapter five and verse 16, of course the Amplified says, and this is the second portion of the verse, pray also for one another that you may be healed and restored. The earnest, heartfelt, Continued prayer of a righteous man makes tremendous power available, dynamic in its working. That King James says that the effectual for the, the, the prayer, give me the first, say it. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man makes tremendous, availeth much. So notice effectual prayer means it has an effect. Yes. Effective prayer brings deliverance. Effective prayer brings help. This verse tells us pray for one another. What's that mean? We should partake in the healing of each other. Yes. Very good. Yes. So um, I'm reminded of I read a record of Sister Amy Simple McPherson of a vision that she had. And in the vision, Jesus was holding a branch and it was withered. And she would start praying and the, the life in Jesus would flow into that branch. And it would turn green and it would start flourishing and blooming as she prayed. But when she quit praying... Jesus was still holding it, but then it would start wilting. The life would start going out of it. And Jesus said, if you will pray, I can do something. You know, he was holding the branch, but see, we're co-labors. We are co-labors. And so many times we just leave it all up to God to do something for people. But I'm impressed by what Sister Amy saw was that and what Jesus told her, when you pray... This, this branch is ministered to. When you don't pray, it doesn't receive what it needs. Yeah, right. Amen. Now he's the healer. We're, we're not the ones. He's the deliverer. Yeah. But we are co-labors with him. We invite him. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Pray one for another. Yeah. We have several people in our congregation that have been diagnosed with some terminal situations, critical situations, than others that may or may not be so critical, but we should be a participator in each other's healing. Yet we can't receive it for them. Yet what do we do? We make tremendous measure of power available to them, making it easy for them, making it easy for them. Amen. So I would like us to stand just for a moment and we're going to pray for our fellow congregation members. Amen. Hallelujah. And we expect something. He wouldn't tell us to pray and just play with us. Amen. It's to have an effect and it needs to matter to us. Because if you were in a situation that you were hurting, you would want it to matter. You wouldn't want people to be half-hearted about it. The earnest, heartfelt, continued, earnest, heartfelt means uh, you have to be interested. You engage with your heart. This isn't just a, a duty. 
it's a privilege that we can pray for one another. Amen. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you that our redemption is total. It is complete. It is absolute. And contained in our redemption rights package is healing and wholeness. We know it's the will of God. We believe it's the will of God. And Father, you have ways of ministering that healing to those that are in need. And one way here is expressed in James that as we pray, as we pray for others that are sick, that a tremendous measure of power is made available to them. It surrounds them. It encompasses them, making it easy for them to receive of your mercy, to receive of that healing power. Jesus, we worship you as the healer. You're such a wonderful healer. You're such a wonderful miracle worker. We recognize that. We acknowledge that. And we lift up our brothers and sisters of this congregation. Father, we don't know all that is needed for them, but the Holy Ghost knows. Any light that they need, we pray for the light that they need to come. We pray that you would give unto them every single one of them that needs healing, that you would give unto them the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him, the eyes of their spirits being enlightened, that they may know what is the hope of your calling, what the riches of the glory of your inheritance in the saints, and what is the exceeding greatness of your power to us who believe, that they would be strengthened with might in their inner man. Satan, you take your hands off our brothers and sisters in Christ. We thank you for healing. We speak healing into their lives, into their bodies. Jesus, you told the prophet of God that in every sick room, in every hospital room, there's enough power to raise up that sick one. If they only know it's present and would give it action, we know it's present. We speak for that healing power right where they're at to go into their body from the top of their head to the soles of their feet. And in obedience to your word in James chapter 5, 16, we pray one for another that they may be healed and restored. Healed and restored. And we thank you that as we pray that a tremendous measure of power is made available to their need. Now, Father, we look to the Holy Ghost to give us utterance of anything that needs to be prayed for these precious people. Mosotototokochikikiyadabastakariyadabostoriyadamanchakariyadabostoriyamanchakariyadabostoriyamanchakariyadabostoriyamanchakariyadabostoriyamanchakariyadabostoriyamanchakariyadabostoriyamanchak
Macha mokokoye, masata mokoye, manja na manda kakaye de besikikiye. Mocho kote kikikiya na masata tototo kokokoya da postogriya da postodikiye. Manja na 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 mokoye. Masata da dedikiya da postoto toto chikikikiye. Masha katapakoya da bastokriya da bastoriya da makakaye. Monjo goriya da bastokriya da pastakakaye. Masha, macha, mancha, mostoye. Mancha topakokokoya da pasakriya da pasikikiye. Baba baba bakacha katapakariya da bastoriya da pakoriya da pekishikikiye. Macha tapakakaya da bosoria da bakaria shikikiye. Macha katatakaya da bastakaria da bostoria da beshikikiye. Mocho, mosto, mosto, macha, macha, masta kokokokoya da basone kikiya na mata. Mocho kokoye, macha tototoye, mamba baba bakaye, macha kakaye, mata tatatakaye, macha tapokokoye, masa tototoye de beshiki, beji, beji, monta kokoye. Masata tototo kutikiya na masata kaye. Mojo goriada masanda de nilikikiye. Masha kakakaye. Masha tatatatoto kokokoya tatesikikiye. Asa manja moso mosote mesete 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 mosote kikikiya. Masha tapokokoya tapasanda de nilikikikiye. Maja da bokokoye te pesikikikiya da boso de bekikiye. Maja kata batakaya na masa na 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 na. Nekikiya da masone. Menderiya da batototototokoshi. Mejikikikiya da bosoria. Manjariya da boso te kokoye. Masa tatakaya da boso te tokochi kikikiye. Mababaya na masone kikiya na masa na riya da bosoria da bashikikiye. Masa na 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 mashanga kakaye. Moso, mosho, macha. Mostone bekikikiya da bosone nenekikiye. Mama, mama, mama. Masha tapaka. Nababababa. Mababababa kashtikiye. Masa na na nenekikiya na masa na riya da basa tatujoye. Masa tatutukukukoye. Mababababa katapukukoye da basa na 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 nekikiye. Masa na na kotekikikiye. Masa na 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 koshikiye. I thank you for the angels. The angels ministering. Imparting, bringing, bringing that power into their need. Nasa tatutukukukukukukukukukukukukukukukukukukukukukukukukukukukukukukukukukukukukukukukukukukukukukukukukukukukukukukukukukukukukukukukukukukukukukukukukukukukukukukukukukukukukukukukukukukukukukukukukuk
Now, while we're praying, I can sense that healing anointing the whole time we've been praying in my hand because you start, you start giving place to it and it starts coming into manifestation. So um, I know that this is, we've been praying for them, but um, one way that God can minister to them is through that tangible anointing. So if uh, you're in here tonight and you, you have pain, you, you need healing in your body, come up here real quick and we'll minister to you because healing belongs to you. I said healing belongs to you. Praise the Lord. 
Praise the Lord. <clears throat> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. I don't know if anyone that's in here, if there's anyone in here that you have cancer at all, come up here. Skin cancer. Skin cancer in your, yeah. Praise the Lord. I know there were a few that were dealing with that. I don't know if they're here. Praise the Lord. Uh, are you the only one that anybody else have cancer? You're, it's for someone. Brother Joel, if you would come up here. He has, a, uh, he has an anointing on him to deal with, to minister to those who have cancer. Right here, that prayer cloth. Thank you, Father, for it. Thank you for it. And then this man in the turquoise. We thank you, Father. We thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. We 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 thank you, Father. Healed in Jesus' name. 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 What's what's that, huh? We arrest that assignment. We arrest that return assignment. And say, no, you don't. In Jesus' name. No, you don't. No, you don't. Healed in Jesus' name. Healed in Jesus' name. 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 Thank you for it, Father. 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 Hallelujah. We thank you for it, Father. Healed in Jesus' name. There it goes in, love. Healed in Jesus' name. Turn around. Total turn around. Turn around. Total turn around. Put that in your mouth, Brother Pete. Say it over and over throughout the day. Total turnaround. My body makes a total turnaround. Total turnaround. We thank you for it, Father. Healed in Jesus' name. Father, we thank you for that healing anointing that goes into this cloth. And as it's laid upon the body of the sick one, it'll drive out pain, symptoms, sickness, and disease. If there's a presence of an evil spirit, it'll drive it out. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Healed in Jesus' name. Healed in Jesus' name. Healed in Jesus' name. We thank you for it, Father. We thank you for it, Father. We thank you for it, Father. Let's just lift up our hands. Lift up our voice and thank Him. Jesus, you're such a wonderful healer. Another... Jesus, you're such a wonderful healer. Such a wonderful healer. Thank you that your power is working right in the homes and the hospitals. I know of two of our congregation members that are in the hospital with uh, dealing with cancer. The power is present. And it's so easy for God. It is so easy. So easy for God. I love when Jesus 
when he was in the synagogue, he said this. When he was at the Pharisee's house, he said this because there was a man with dropsy there in the house that Jesus, they were watching to see if it healed because it was on the Sabbath day. Another one, uh, the man with a withered hand and they were watching him to see if he would heal on the Sabbath day. And he said, which of you would have an ox that falls into a pit that you wouldn't, you would pull him out on the Sabbath day. He'll pull, he'll pull, uh, he'll pull anyone out of this pit of sickness. Yes. <laughs> Amen. He said, you would pull an ox out of a pit. I'll pull a man out of a pit. <laughs> and he's saying on the Sabbath day, you will use more energy and strength to pull out an ox than I will to pull out a man. Why? Because it's easy for him. <laughs> it's easy for him. They would expend a lot of time getting that ox out. Takes a moment, for just a moment for Jesus. Why? It's easy. Every condition is easy for God. Every single condition is so easy 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 and with with men things aren't easy but we're not talking about men we're talking about God everything is easy everything so you can receive it easily it's an easy flow for you to receive up easy for you to partake of so that power easily flows into the bodies of those that are in hospital rooms tonight, our congregation members that are in hospitals and in sick rooms, that power just working, working, working. Tremendous measure, tremendous measure of power. Amen. Hallelujah. Father, we're so grateful. Thank you. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your word. We believe your word. That power's working in them. It's working in them. It's working in them. The life they need, it, it comes to them. The strengthening with might in their inner man, it comes to them. We thank you, Father. We thank you. 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 Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, for the Lord is good. And His mercy endures forever. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Thanksgiving's coming. We're already doing it. <laughs> you have an absolutely wonderful Thanksgiving. And we will see you Sunday morning. Amen. We trust you've enjoyed this message. Visit us at DufresneMinistries.org to learn of our upcoming meetings, share your testimony, become a partner, or visit our online store. This program has been made possible by the friends and partners of Dufresne Ministries.